Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sometimes life can feel like a pressure cooker. From our work life to our personal lives and relationships, there's so much to balance. It's easy to feel weighed down when you're experiencing anxiety, stress, or sadness. But guess what? You're not alone. You may not know it now, but support is all around you. No matter where you are, all you need to do is ask. Let us help find you a community at churchescare.com. Churches are communities of care. Go to C-H-U-R-C-H-E-S-Care.com to explore the possibilities. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. A vast universe exists within and beyond our reality. What we realize with our five senses is but a tiny fraction of all that is real. The universe is not a product of matter and energy, but it is a projection of consciousness and energy. Welcome to the World Beyond Radio Show. I'm your host, Joe Wegent. I'll be your guide and advocate as we remove the blinders of our everyday lives and experience together all that exists out there in the world beyond our world. Thanks for tuning in today, folks. We've got a very interesting show set up for you today. Our guest this hour is Winter Balefire, who hails from California. And our topic today is magic, lore, and urban legends. Winter Balefire began writing poetry, short stories, and studying all things supernatural at a very young age. She began reading tarot cards at the age of 15, the house she grew up in was also quite active, including audio, uh, audible voices and rattling doorknobs. To better understand these occurrences, she began reading and studying everything that she could find on the ghosts and hauntings. In 2009, she began writing for PaganPages.org on topics of the paranormal, which she continued for four years. She then started writing for Paranormal Underground magazine. 
and this allowed her to expand into topics such as magic, lore, and urban legends. She simultaneously began compiling her collection of dark poetry for publishing and organizing her websites and fan pages. She became intrigued as to why some people shy away from dark topics, and so she began to focus her work on discovering more about this area of interest. She has since written on white and black magic, necromancy, and less intimidating things like Victorian rituals and candle magic. In 2016, a few of her poems were selected to be included in a compilation called Asylum of the Ancient Ones through H.P. Lovecraft Lunatic Asylum. Her poetic work is focused on bringing people's fears forward and stirring up darker emotions. She has been posting these kinds of writings on Facebook and Instagram. Her followers have written letters indicating that her words have helped them as opposed to frighten them. In December of 2016, she was introduced to some people from Pseudosynth Press, and with them she has published her first book, Love Letters Destroyed. Winter is now working on her first fiction novel, while still writing for Paranormal Underground and exploring all things dark and macabre. Welcome to the show, Winter. This is going to be exciting today. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Oh, hey, you know, it's it's all good on this side of the mic. Uh, I'm hoping we can have a really lively discussion today. So what is it that started you into looking in some of the darker topics in writing poetry and other things at such a young age? Well, I think it was, um, like I said, growing up in a house that was extremely active, um, kind of just being more curious than scared about what was going on, um, wanting to know a little more about uh, what these different things I was seeing meant. Um, you know, the physical apparitions versus the more, um, you know, just the bodies or just the uh, movements of, you know, doorknobs and, and light switches and things like that. Um, you know, and I think my biggest interest was, you know, the fact that what we carry inside of us, whether you call it, uh, you know, your spirit or, or your soul or anything like that, um, the fact that some of that still needs, still remains active when our physical body is no longer here. So um, I wanted to kind of explore that a little bit and also, um, you know, people have been, people are always so um, fearful and scared of the paranormal and um, whenever something seems to scare someone, I've always gravitated towards that and I want to know why and I want answers instead of shying away from it. Um, and with the poetry, it's kind of the same thing where um, sometimes people are afraid of their own emotions. Sometimes people are afraid of their own thoughts. So I wanted to make sure that I delved into that and really focused on why does this scare you and that way you learn a little bit more about yourself at the same time. So it was more an experimentation on why people are scared and what they're afraid of. Right, exactly. And, you know, things that, you know, anytime someone tells me 
you know, oh, I, I stay away from that, that's, that's dark or that's evil. My first question is why? You know, and exactly. yes, there are, you know, there are dark and evil things in this world, definitely. I'm not denying that, but everyone is scared of something different. Well, we're going to come right back to that in just a second. We have to go to a break here, and we'll be right back in just a few minutes, folks. We are talking to Winter Balefire about the dark topics. Join us in just a few minutes, and we'll be right back. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Hello, I'm Pete Marsh. With my daughter Justina, we will be presenting the new radio show, Too Good to Be True. If something seems too good to be true, it usually is. But with the help of Justina's amazing gifts, we're going to gain insight into questions that don't yet have complete answers. Have you wondered who built Stonehenge and for what reason? Why are crop circles found in the same region as Stonehenge and elsewhere? Are crop circles a hoax or are they created with technologies that we have little knowledge of? Who built the pyramids in Egypt and also in other countries? How and why were they built? Was the Titanic switched with the Britannic as part of a gigantic insurance fraud or for more insidious reasons? What caused the Tunguska event when trees were flattened over an 800 square mile area in Siberia? Will the new insights be too good to be true? 
Well, that will depend on what you are prepared to believe. Please join us as we start on this journey together. For more information on Too Good To Be True, visit www.xzbn.net. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500 plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. Welcome back to the World Beyond Radio Show. I'm your host, Joe Wegent. And this hour, we are talking with Winter Balefire and her writings for Paranormal Underground and some of her other poetry that gives us an idea of the dark side. So, Winter, I also grew up in a a really active house and things moving all the time and fights with ghosts over which channel we're watching on TV and things moving all around on their own. And I just thought that was just a normal part of everyday life. And I never really uh, considered it anything more than just something you didn't talk about to other people in public. But you uh, spent a good portion of your uh, your youth researching that and looking into it. Yes, yes, I did. And, you know, I was the weird kid in high school that brought the witchcraft books with her. And, um, you know, and at that time, unfortunately, um, I'm probably you know, giving away my age a little bit, but um, the movie The Craft had come out, and, of course, everyone was judging, you know, me on that, and, you know, it it was interesting, but, I mean, I was focused, and I definitely wanted to uh, educate myself as much as possible, and then when I was able to you know, grow up, and then, you know, the internet became a little bit more popular, and you know, research became a little bit easier um, if you were able to sift through a lot of the, you know, um, more legit, you know, things versus opinions. Um, so, yeah, it, it um, you know, no one ever told me, you know, this is not normal or, or what you're seeing isn't real. And, and I really kind of appreciated that because I think people tend to lose that ability to kind of sense when something is... Um, around them or, or, you know, um, they kind of turn that off at a certain age, especially, you know, as you know, you know, with children, you know, they are very in tune to um, picking up supernatural activity or seeing spirits. And, you know, there's a, there comes a point, unfortunately, where some of them lose that. And uh, luckily I was, you know, able to kind of keep that radar a little bit and, uh, you know, be very open to my environment and the things in it. I, I get uh, texts on Facebook from friends of mine who uh, 
tell me that their children are pointing to corners and talking to grandma or grandpa or they'll send me pictures. What, what is, what is over my daughter's head right now? And so, yeah, children have a, uh, an innate ability to be able to pick up on energies in the room whenever they're around. And we just tend to lose that during our, uh, our youth and adolescence. So what got you into researching urban legends? You know, of all the things that I have looked into, urban legends is one of those things I've just skipped over and never really paid a whole lot of attention to. And you've done a lot of writing and researching about that. What have you learned? Um, Well, actually, that was the first kind of paranormal thing that I actually really got into. And I didn't know it was paranormal at the time. I remember being in elementary school and... Um, these girls were playing Bloody Mary in the bathroom. And I didn't know what this was. So, of course, you know, being even younger at that point, I, um, you know, was trying to find out what it was. And then, you know, eventually, you know, they uh, explained it to me. Um, So, you know, growing up and and hearing, you know, all the little stories that go around, um, I was really interested in, why these came up, if there was any truth to them, you know, things morph and change as they're being told. Um, And I just thought it was really fascinating, and I wanted to get an idea as to, um, you know, is this just a story that's being told, or could something really possibly happen? You know, is this a way to actually summon a spirit and is this something you know and of course they they put in the fear factor with it of oh if you know you do this then this could happen and you know um you know there's always some sort of you know scary end to the whole thing and um what i really loved and i and actually wrote about this is the way that urban legends have changed and morphed throughout the years And again, now that, you know, everything is digital and everything is online, um, you know, they have morphed into these creepypasta stories and these ritual pasta stories that um, some of them are just incredibly written. And again, you kind of go into going, could this have happened? Possibly. Someone's probably being really creative here. But, you know, I think I like the mystery behind it and wanting to know... um, you know, I guess someone's wanting to believe there might be a little bit of truth behind some of these. Um, you know, but again, the way that they have changed and morphed throughout the years has been extremely fascinating to me. Um, you know, of course, you know, you had the whole uh, Slender Man thing a couple years ago, and unfortunately, you no, know, that definitely got out of hand. And again, that was a story that someone had created, um, you know, but... I think the psychological fact, um, factor that goes into a lot of these stories, and again, you know, invoking fear or um, piquing the interest of some people, you know, it just, it really fascinates me to what it does on a psychological level, too. Yeah, my kids used to play the uh, Slender Man game on uh, their tablets, and they just thought, it, thought that was great being scared when it would pop out at you, but, you know, then some kids took that too far and wound up doing some really horrible things in the name of Slender Man, and it just, it just gets really wrapped out of control there. Mm-hmm. How did the term creepypasta, where did that come from? I see that on the Internet, and I, you know, where did that come from? It's 
actually just a play on words. It's basically these stories that have been copied and pasted throughout the Internet. So the term copy and paste kind of morphed into the one-word creepypasta, um, which, you know, because all these stories tend to have a creepy, you know, undertone to them. Uh, so, yeah, it, it basically was just a... Um, morphing of those two words just to indicate that these stories have been uh, circulating throughout the, the Internet. Uh, how influenced have you been with H.P. Uh, Lovecraft? I, I love his writing, and uh, I take my nook to the treadmill and read read while I'm on the treadmill, and I, I just love his work. He's, he's got a way of tapping into the human psyche in a way that uh, few other people have been able to do. How has his writing influenced the way you do your writing? Um, I really think that it's... Um you know, again, anything that, you know, uh, brings forth emotion and, you know, he just has a way of kind of bringing you into another world and um, definitely tapping into things that you would not have necessarily thought about or, um, you know, um, and just the, you know, the subtleties and sometimes the not so, you know, subtle things that are in the writing. I think it just... Um, you know, and and it's one of those things that you hear his name and you just kind of know automatically what you're getting into. You know what I mean? And I think that I kind of, you know, definitely, you know, wanted that for myself as well, you know, just to kind of, you know, you, you hear my name, you know what you're getting into when you read it, you know. So, um, you know, I think he's definitely written some amazing things and, you know, there's some been some great adaptations, so... Um, you know, I, I think it's definitely, you know, I was extremely honored to have the first time my work be published, be under a group that was, you know, influenced by him and, and uh, was paying homage to him. So, you know, it's, it's definitely been, uh, you know, one of my, one of my many influences. Stephen King was once quoted as saying that his greatest accomplishment in his writings is to create terror because he felt that that was the height of the emotion that he was trying to uh, evoke from people. And if he couldn't achieve terror, he would at least try to achieve horror, because he felt that was the second greatest emotion in his writing. And then he said, if I can't get horror, I'll just go for the gross out. Okay. So so <laughs> what, what is your... Uh, your focus when you write dark poetry or you write dark short stories, is it you're trying to create fear in your readers or are you trying to uh, open up their psyche so they introduce things to their you know, consciousness they would not normally have? What, what, what is your, uh, your focus behind some of the things that you write? I definitely think that it, it is kind of opening up the psyche. Um, you know, I, originally started writing poetry has kind of a, you know, a teenage angst kind of thing. And then, um, you know, I've always been that kind of person to say, you know, when people think, oh, I shouldn't think that, or, oh, I shouldn't feel that, or, oh, that was a really messed up thing to run through my head, I always want to write it down. Because I, I think what I really want to do is let people know that um, they're not alone, 
and other people, you know, have these thoughts and these fears and these feelings. And I really want to try to get through that the healthiest thing to do is to, um, you know, transform these feelings into art versus, you know, drowning them out or, you know, doing things to numb them or, you know, things that are harmful to, to yourself and your body. I think art is the best way to kind of get those things out. I think it's the healthiest way to get those things out. And um, that's the biggest thing people have said to me is that, um, you know, I've, I've had people tell me that I've, you know, definitely helped them, you know, uh, you know, talk themselves out of stupid decisions or um, comforted them to know that, you know, they're not the only ones that, you know, sometimes think really dark things. And that's what I want. You know, I want people to know that they're not the only ones. You know, sometimes we get in these spaces and, you know, uh, art is a really great way to kind of get yourself out of that but still acknowledge. And I think a lot of people don't acknowledge that about themselves and um, that part remains unexplored and therefore, you know, you kind of lose learning about yourself. And, um, you know, we're all human and we all, um, you know, function in the best way that we know how. And I think that um, recognizing things within you that you may not like um, and acknowledging them and getting it out somehow is definitely, um, you know, one of the best things to do. You describe your work as dark. Is it dark or is it creepy? What's the difference between the two? Um, I definitely think it's dark. Um, I think uh, creepy is a little more supernatural. Um, creepy is the thing that kind of makes you check the closet and look under the bed. Um, I think dark is something that kind of makes you stop and go, wow, like, um, did 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 I just read that? Or, um, you know, wow, I, I, you know, have had that thought before, but I didn't know anyone else did, you know. Um, you know, I think um, dark is the things that you only kind of maybe admit to yourself, and I think creepy is definitely more of a, uh, you know, generalized fear that you can share with someone else, if that makes sense. Um, so I think my... My writing is definitely more towards the dark end because it deals with really heavy emotion, um, you know, hate, love, um, you know, fear to a sense. We're going to have to get Um, back to that in just a few minutes. We have to cut away to a break. My friends, you're listening to the World Beyond Radio Show, and we're talking with Winter Balefire this hour. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. are our personal gateways into infinite wisdom. Don't miss Shamanic Counselor and Indigenously Trained Dream Decoder Sandra Corcoran's inspiring book, Shamanic Awakening Between the Dark and the Daylight. This remarkable work chronicles Sandra's 35 years of experience with diverse wisdom keepers and her initiations throughout the Americas and across the British Isles, Turkey, Greece, and Egypt. Sandy's knowledge of symbology, psychology, and myth influenced her dream blog and workshops. 
Sandy offers private tarot readings, international journeys, a meditative CD, as well as her book, Shamanic Awakening, to encourage you as you navigate this earthwalk, creating a deeper connection to yourself and all that is. Find this and more at Sandy's website, starwalkervisions.com. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Mnemology science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Mnemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today, Know the Name, Know the Person, or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Hello, I'm Justina Marsh, and with my dad, Pete, we are going to present a new show called Too Good to Be True. Together, we are aiming to discover more truths about this world and beyond. Do you have unanswered questions about the world? Do you ever wonder about aliens, conspiracy theories, or the universe? There are many shows discussing subjects such as pyramids or UFOs, but we want to relay this information based on our own research, including from spiritual means. Hopefully, listeners will be helped with their own beliefs and will appreciate the psychic insights that add to the previous research and information. We both look forward to sharing this insight and beginning this journey with our listeners. Visit xzbn.net for more information about when to listen. Welcome back to the World Beyond Radio Show. I'm your host, Joe Wegent, and this hour we are talking with Winter Balefire, who is an author, a poet, and a contributor to Paranormal Underground, and she writes dark poetry and things that ev- e- uh, evoke some deep, dark emotions from within us. So, 
what were your paranormal experiences when uh, you were a child and have you had any lately? Um, the first thing that I can remember, I remember being in my room as a, as a kid, maybe, I don't know, six or seven. And I remember, um, going to sleep and waking up to this very large, dark mass, um, in the room. Um, the kind of dark that you can tell, um, was not just shadowing or the light hitting. It, it literally blocked out, um, part of the wall. And my first thought was, that's weird. And of course, being a kid, my first, my second thought was, let me go towards this thing. And, you know, it, uh, just kind of dove away, like through the door and I, just kind of didn't really think twice about it and you know um but then um that one you know showed up a lot and then there was always the lights flickering off and on in our hallway um the doorknob rattling um happened several times i i mean up until i was a teenager um and that one kind of scared me because the first time it happened i thought somebody had broken through the house um, because it was just so violent, and the door wasn't shaking, just the doorknob. Um, and, you know, it just, again, was something. And till this day, you know, when I go into that house, I know there's something there. And it's, you know, not a, it's definitely heavy, and it's not something that is just passing through. It's something that's been there for years. Um you know, moving out and and being on my own, um, you know, things still do happen or I'll still notice things, mostly, again, because I never really shut off that part of me that um, says, oh, this isn't real. Um, The most recent, actually, was a couple months ago. I woke up to this um, woman, I should say. Um, She was extremely skeletal, uh, had, you know, this is, very, very weird, but she had no eyes, just empty sockets. And I looked at her, and she kind of tilted her head. And my first thought was, she looks sad. That was my first thought, not, you know, what is this in front of me? Why are you here? The first thought that hit my brain was, she looks sad. And then I remember thinking, okay, I must be dreaming. And I kept blinking, and she stayed there. And eventually, she just kind of dissipated. And, um, you know, it's, and I, I actually kind of uh, had, um, you know, recently, um, I don't know, I don't think it's out yet, but I also wrote a piece on the whole theory behind 3 a.m. and the witching hour or the devil's hour, and I kind of incorporated that in there because when these things happen, it's usually, you know, pretty late in the, or early in the morning, you know, 2, 3 a.m. Um, so I think that's the most recent that has happened to me. Um but again, you know, same thing when I'm, you know, people will show me pictures or bring EVPs to me and things like that and, you know, try to get my opinion on them. And, and that's definitely a compliment because it lets, you know, when people know that you're okay with this and that you don't think that they're weird or stupid or, um, you know, out of their mind, it really is kind of comforting to know that people feel they can come to you with these things. So. I had a 
person call me up because of some of the work that I do and explain that he thought he had some dark energy following him around and, you know, causing all kinds of other different issues. And I had to explain to him that most of what I do is education because not everything that's non-physical is bad. And that's, you know, when people want me to come and do a sight reading on their house or business or do a smudge or whatever, I have to spend a good portion of the evening basically explaining to them that just because it's there doesn't mean it wants to hurt you. Mm -hmm. So you started reading tarot cards at the age of 15. I I started much, much later in life. What what drew you to the tarot cards and and, uh, how often do you use them now? I think what initially drew me is when I started my research, and of course, you know, when you start researching, um, you know, different areas of, you know, metaphysics and, um, you know, divination comes in there at some point usually. And um, I was really fascinated with the theory that these cards and these images could, in a way, um, help bring out kind of your, um, you know, your subconscious feelings or thoughts and kind of bring forth what, you know, um, a part of you may already know. And, and again, it's just another way of, of um, you know, exploring our, our own minds and our own thoughts and, um, you know, the mysticism behind it. And, um, you know, I, I constantly have to explain to people that, Using tarot cards is not the same as, you know, um, using a Ouija board or, you know, spirit communication, which you can use tarot for spirit communication. Um, but usually it's, it's more to gain insight into yourself versus speaking to a spirit. Um, so I uh, have just been really drawn to it. And then I started um, learning it myself and, and learning the different spreads and learning the different meanings. And... It just clicked. It was just something that worked for me. Um, you know, I would start uh, trying to read for other people, and it always seemed to go, you know, um, pretty well um, as far as it making sense. And, you know, if, you know, learn working with them for so long, if the cards don't want to work with you, they're not going to work with you. And I've read for some people that come... Um, come towards it with an attitude of this is a joke, this doesn't make any sense, this is just, you know, this is stupid, and then the cards will come out completely, you know, haphazard and not make any sense because that's what this person is putting forth as they're, um, you know, choosing their cards for their reading. So it really is very interesting how, you know, um, the things that we do and how we choose the cards can definitely be immediately reflected um, I don't read for myself very often um, because um, it's, I'm the kind of person that I always, I guess, second-guess myself. And, you know, I have read for myself, and it has been pretty accurate. Um, but, again, it's me. So I try not to read for myself. Um, and then having another person read for me, I've, I've done a couple times, but... Um, I'm actually going to be doing an event in June um, where I'm going to be reading for, uh, doing a few readings for a friends and women's group. So that should definitely be fun. But it's, I don't read for others too often anymore because 
it's exhausting. You know, when you do multiple readings at once, it really does drain you a little bit, especially because if you're an empathic person and you pick up this person's energy and you pick up, you know, what they're putting out, it does get a little draining sometimes. So I don't do it too often. But if someone comes to me and, you know, I had a friend who came to me a few months ago and wanted me to read for her, I will definitely do that. Um, I think it's uh, another way to help people. So, um, yeah, it's it's definitely something that just stuck with me and seemed to be my, uh, you know, most useful form of divination. Um, so I've tried, you know, scrying. I've tried pendulum. Um, I've I'm learning runes still. Um, you know, it's just I really love the fact that these things help kind of bring out what we um, may not necessarily know but is is sitting there waiting to be discovered. I like to tell people it's basically psychology with pictures. Exactly. <laughs> That's because a, they, exactly. they come to you with an issue or a problem or a decision they have to make, and then they're frightened of the cards, and it's like the cards have nothing to do with themselves. This is just you and right. me talking about the issue, but I'm going to use pictures to talk about it. That's good. I think I need to use that. <laughs> I also have a very difficult time reading for myself, and so I don't do it very often. But I, I read for other people, and even though I think going into it, it's going to be really difficult, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to connect, it always just it always just seems to work and happen. And mm -hmm. it just does it all by itself, and I start talking, and, you know, the problem gets to come to the surface. So it, tarot is uh, very uh, illuminating. It is. It is. And, um, you know, I, I have... I don't know about yourself, but I have decks that I use for certain, um, you know, for reading for others. I have a deck I use just for myself. And then I have some decks that I don't necessarily use, but I collect because the artwork is so beautiful. So, Same here. Mm -hmm. So tell me about ravens. What are the significance of ravens? Um, yeah, I have ravens on, on everything. <laughs> ravens on my website, my business cards. I have a large raven tattoo on my um, right arm. Um, you know, a couple reasons. Um, Poe is a huge inspiration for me, um, which, you know, sounds like, you know, a little goth kid, but he's, um, I mean, from as when I could learn to read, I think I remember reading his, his work and it just really affected me. And I loved how dark it was and the images that came forth. And, um, you know, of course the Raven was the most popular thing. And, um, I really loved the, um, just the symbolism in it and how it represented the kind of the fear of loneliness or the fear of the unknown. And, you know, just the, um, you know, the history of them, you know, being used as messengers and, and things like that. Um, again, you know, there's something that when you look at them, they immediately bring forth a certain emotion. Usually it's some sort of, you know, creep factor or fear, um, but they just have such a mysticism behind them, and um, they're so intelligent, and they just, you know, um, symbolize, I think, what I'm trying to, you know, bring forth, which is, you know, yes, this is dark, yes, this is intimidating looking, but once you really start to get into it, there's a lot more behind it. Um, 
So I think that, um, you know, I'm definitely not the first person to use ravens as a symbol, quote-unquote, but that's kind of just the reason why I do it is um, for, one, the influence of Poe, and then also the, uh, um, you know, the symbolism behind the mysticism and uh, just... They're really cool birds. <laughs> any uh, any factor involved with them being also uh, Hugin and Munin, the uh, the ravens of Odin? Um. Yeah, I mean it's uh, you know they're they're used in, in I mean they come up in, in so many different types of mythology and um, you know and and I just. Like I said, you know, when people see them, you know, they they immediately get, um, you know, they immediately bring up some emotion with with you know, um, you know, their presence. And, and I well, I'm going to have to cut away here for just a moment. We have one last break, and we'll be right back, folks. Stay tuned. We're talking with Winter Balefire on the World Beyond. We'll be right back in just a moment. Hi everyone, Rob McConnell here, and I wanted to spend a moment on internet streaming. Everybody has heard about internet streaming, but not many know much about it. Did you know the internet streams just about everything? Movies. From new releases to old classics. TV shows. Almost every show, every episode, and much more. But the question has always been, how do you do it? Well now, thanks to the folks at 123 Ready TV, I have the answer for you. They have developed a simple program app, 123 Ready TV, that you install on your Windows PC, Android smartphone, or Android tablet that can have you streaming like a pro in less than five minutes. You truly won't believe how much is available or how easy it is to do until you try. And for a one-time cost of only $19.99, this product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.xzbn.net. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. 
Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. True healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. There's a legend shared by many indigenous cultures of a time when the nations were cast to the four corners of the world. Each nation was given a body of sacred knowledge that held a different portion of the truth to preserve. True reality could not be known until all the nations reunited, combining the information. If a single one was missing, the world could not be reborn and darkness would prevail. The Science of Magic Radio is dedicated to reuniting the sacred knowledge. With the understanding, none of us has all the answers, but together we can open new perceptions and possibilities. Through our combined vision, the world can be reborn into a place where darkness no longer prevails. Join me, Gwilda Wiecka, and the Science of Magic daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, or visit us at thescienceofmagic.net. Welcome back to the final segment of the World Beyond Radio show today. I'm your host and guide, Joe Wegent. As always, our show is produced and distributed by the ever-expanding leader in New Age, Paranormal, Alternative Health, and Supernatural Programming, the X-Zone Broadcast Network, and Relmar McConnell Media Company at their corporate headquarters and master control in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. To learn more about the World Beyond Radio show, your host, or to discover a wealth of other amazing radio shows and hosts, please visit www.xzbn.net. To contact me or to inquire about being a guest on the World Beyond, please email me at joewegent, that's Joe, W-E-I-G-A-N-T, at xzbn.net. Or you can visit my websites, www.paranormalpeace.com or www.reikichoice, that's R-E-I-K-I, choice.com. I'm also available on Facebook and Facebook Messenger. Our guest this hour is Winter Balefire. Winter, how can our guests reach you and get a hold of you and view some of your work and websites? Okay, well, my website is winterbalefire.com. Um, 
and I'm also on uh, Facebook. Um, I'm most active through my, my Facebook page, which is just Winter Bellfire. Um, I'm also on uh, Twitter and Instagram as well under the same name. And um, my poetry book, Love Letters Destroyed, is also available. Um, it is available through Amazon, Lulu, Barnes & Noble, and uh, actually, hopefully, um, will be carried in Barnes & Noble stores here in California soon. Um, I'm actually doing my first uh, book signing coming up uh, here on May 20th. So, um, you know, we're, we're getting there, spreading the word. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. So the first time that I ran into your work was uh, in an article that you had written for Paranormal Underground, and it was about uh, necromancy. But you have written about uh, white and black magic and ritual and other things like that for a number of years. Can you describe white and black magic? Well, um, I've always felt that, um, and again, theories differ, but I've always felt that magic is neither black or white. It's really all in the practitioner. Um, There are things that you can definitely say are geared more towards the darker end such as necromancy, um, where the um, uh, outcome is definitely something that is more um, beneficial to the practitioner and you're definitely doing something that is not necessarily viewed as, um, you know, right. Um, Because, again, you know, with the article on necromancy, you know, people are actually going forth and, um, in extreme cases, you know, grave robbing and things like that. So, of course, morality, you know, that's not something that you would want to do. Um, but I think you can take anything, even, um, you know, spells that are considered white magic, and if someone has ill intent or, uh, you know, the the will to harm someone else or wish bad on someone else, I think you can turn anything, um, you know, into uh, quote-unquote black magic. Um, I recently, um, again, I, I, I had talked about this before, but uh, ran into a uh, YouTube channel that I uh, used to follow, and the, the person who was on, on the channel was actually showing some magical practice and it was um, how to curse someone or how to, uh, you know, I think this particular one was about um, uh, something to do with either uh, crushing their wishes or crushing their dreams or, or something like that, making it so that their goals in life do not happen. And I had contacted her about this, and, you know, I was kind of disappointed because I was thinking, well, you know, magic should be about helping and healing, and, you know, you're putting this out on, you know, the Internet, and everyone's seeing this, and people who have no idea how to practice are just, you know, you're not giving any sort of warning, you're not giving any sort of preparation, you're just kind of going out there and telling people, hey, this is how you do this, and let's go mess up someone's life. And she had mentioned, I'm a pro-curse witch, there's a lot of us out there like this, this is how I practice, pretty much deal with it. And that was kind of interesting to me because I didn't know that there were people who actually 
this, I mean, I knew, but I didn't know how many people are actually thinking this is okay, you know, um, to kind of put that energy out there. So I think it's really just all in the practitioner. It's all in what you put out. It's all in what your intent is. And if you are a angry, bitter person, um, I think that no matter what you try to practice, that's going to come out. And it's going to um, reflect what you're doing and what you're trying to portray. And it can affect other people as well. Um, as you know, if you're around someone who carries that, you know, heavy energy with them, they can just, you know, suck the energy right out of you sometimes because it's just like, wow, this person has some, you know, deep things in them that are swirling around and, you know, it's it's really hard to um, kind of, uh, I guess, not so much protect but block yourself away from that. I'm getting better at it. That's been one of my big things is, you know, being very empathic and kind of absorbing other people's um, energy. But getting back to the original question, um, I really don't think there is black or white. I think it's all in the intent. So, you know, I've read a lot about magic and candle magic and things like that, but I've never heard of Victorian rituals. What okay. is that? Well, it's mostly the... Um, the Victorian mourning rituals, just kind of what they did at the time um, to kind of honor their dead. Um, and, uh, you know, with the postmodern photography and also, uh, you know, keeping locks of hair, um, the Victorian mourning dolls that they would use where if a child passed away, they would have a doll um, that would represent the child sometimes use the child's clothing and things like that to kind of um, keep it, um, you know, keep a memoriam of them. Um, and, you know, when someone passed away, they would cover the mirrors in the house so that the spirit would not get confused when it was leaving the body. Um, you know, they would even carry the body out of the house at a certain angle so because they felt that if um, they had the ability to look back, they could bring someone with them you know, things like that. So it's mostly just their kind of belief and superstitions around um, their dead and how they handled things. Uh, I've always been aware of those things. I just didn't realize that they had a, a title to them, the, the Victorian rituals like that. That uh, Those kinds of things are the, uh, the genesis of our modern-day uh, funeral home practices that we don't think anything about today, but they have their origins back in some of those practices. Yes, definitely. And, um, you know, uh, till this day, you know, um, uh, you know, mirrors and things like that have always been such a um, catalyst, should I say, for a lot of paranormal things, a lot of these, you know, um, uh modern rituals and things that are floating around and, um, you know, back to the urban legend thing. So I've just really, really been interested in, you know, that sort of history. And, you know, again, now we, um, you know, death and things like that are, are definitely things that no one likes to deal with. But the way that they did it back then and just really took the time and the effort to make sure that a person's uh, spirit could pass 
peacefully and without confusion was definitely something that uh, interested me greatly. So in speaking about death and, and our fear of it, um, you wrote an article about necromancy. Mm-hmm. Now, what is the difference between necromancy and uh, mediums who actually communicate with uh, the transition spirits? Um, that is definitely a form of necromancy. Um, anything where you are communicating with the dead um, or communicating with, you know, um, uh, spirits or entities is definitely a form of necromancy, which people don't think about. Um, you know, people just think about spirit mediums and has being in their own um, category. And um, they are, it's basically a blanketed term for um, communicating with the dead. And when you think of more extreme cases, like I said, when people are going in and actually actually uh, wearing clothes from a deceased uh, person, um, you know, only eating and drinking certain things that, you know, um, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, there are people who take it to the extreme for sure, um, and there are people who... I guess, have seen it kind of romanticized throughout the years. And, you know, it's, it's definitely one of the darker, uh, darker forms. Um, you know, there well, it has who, been a pleasure discussing these things with you, Winter, and I really want to have you back on the show again another time and keep going further down this rabbit hole. My friends, <laughs> you have been listening to the World Beyond Radio Show. I'm your host, Joe Wegent, and we will talk again. Have a great day.